0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women, wiser than me. Season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Welcome to the Royally Us podcast. I'm your host, Christina Garibaldi, and this week Meghan Markle talks about her upcoming baby girl. Kate and William launch their YouTube channel, and Harry and William's relationship takes another turn for the worse. As always, I am joined by Molly Molshine and this week, Princess Diana's voice and presence coach, Stuart Pierce, shares how he helped find her authentic self in his brand new book, Diana, the Voice of Change. How are you Molly I'm good Christina how are you doing good lots of lots of news to get to this week Kate and William launched their new YouTube channel Megan's talking about her baby got a lot to get to so much did not see the youtube channel coming no, definitely didn't but <laughs> all right well let's get to our royal roundup and speaking of the vax live concert megan made a rare appearance in a taped to segment and discussed the birth of her upcoming daughter she's about to pop any single day and she you know she's just so excited about welcoming a daughter into the world and you know kind of used this platform to empower women tell people to get vaccinated and you know using her voice for good
1: Absolutely. And this really seems like the kind of remarks that she wouldn't have been able to make as a part of the royal family because some people think that vaccines are political. She also talked about some socio-political things. She made she really touched on some topics that, you know, as a royal family member, she might not have been able to go for. So this definitely looks like a step in the direction that she's gonna be going in from here on out.
0: Definitely, yes. And as we know, Harry did make a public appearance um, in person. At- At the event, she decided to tape something from home because, like we said, she's about to give birth any day, but it was nice to see her. And this will probably be the last public appearance that she makes before she gives birth, I would imagine. Right, and she got a little promo in for her new book. She was sitting on the bench. Yes, yes, she was sitting on the bench. Yes, we're going to get to the book in just a second because there's, a, of course, a lot of drama surrounding that as well. Um, but before we get to that, let's ca- talk about Kate and William because they have been busy launching their brand new YouTube channel and showing off a bit of a playful side. So take a look.
2: By the way, you'll be careful what you say now because these guys, they're filming. I it know.
0: You
2: didn't need to roll
0: your own. Do, I know, do you know where it is? No. I love this. I love seeing, like, a different side of them. I think that this probably is long overdue. It's. I would have loved to see this, like, years and years ago, but better late than never. It's really cool, and it's. it seems like it's not just going to be the typical, like,
1: you know, sort of – I don't want to say boring, but, you know – PR-approved royal videos, it looks like it's going to be fun videos where they're joking around. There's two moments in that first, you know, 25-second intro video where William and Kate are giggling
0: together, and we never see that. So I think this is a really cool move for them. I do, too. The first couple videos after were mostly about her Hold Still campaign, but I am definitely looking forward to those lighthearted, playful moments. Of course, last week we saw that video that they released with their family, so it seems like they're, you know, a little bit more relatable in a certain sense, which I love. And I think that's what the monarchy needs so the royal family needs is for us to be able to relate to them a little bit more. So I think this is great. Right.
1: And it and it just shows how they're sort of evolving beyond the precedent that was set in the last century, which was, you know, keeping the monarchy at an arm's length. They're being so much more open
0: and it's, you know, it's a cool approach. Yeah. I mean, of course there's always going to be comparisons to what Harry and Meghan are doing. I mean, do you feel like they're kind of taking a page out of Harry and Meghan's book or, you know, this is just the next step in what they want to do? You know, if you
1: asked me... A year and a half ago, I would have said absolutely. But now Megan and Harry haven't even had Instagram for a year. So... It's- It seems like William and Kate are the ones who are owning social
0: media now, right? No, that's so true. I mean, they've been, you know, killing it with all their content, you know, with their engagement or not the engagement, their 10 year anniversary photos that they just released. Like we said, the video of the family and now the YouTube channel, they're really kind of stepping up their social media game. Yeah. The tables have turned, you know, I mean, if maybe
1: if Megan relaunches the tag, then we can start to see a little bit more of a comparison. But yeah, right now it seems
0: like social media is the Cambridge's game. Mm -hmm, Totally. All right, well, let's move on to Queen Elizabeth because she reflected on earning the life-saving award as a teenager, calling it a great achievement at such a young age. And uh, Her Majesty, who received her Junior Respiration Award in 1941, so she had a Zoom call about this, and she was kind of like joking around a little bit and having a good time because she, you know, received this over 80 years ago. All the royals were in a jokey mood this week. (laughs) William and Kate were giggling away on their
1: YouTube. The Queen was laughing on this Zoom it was really sweet. She was talking about how she was 12 or 14 years old. They showed this adorable photo of her and she said it was a very long time along, I'm afraid. And she just laughed and laughed about it. So that was,
0: that was really nice. Definitely. And it was nice to see her having a laughing moment, especially after everything that she's been through in the last few weeks with Philip and everything like that. So nice to see her having a, a, a good time and a good laugh yeah definitely so Molly you mentioned the book earlier so we have to talk about Megan's children books what she just announced it is called The Bench and it is inspired by Prince Harry's relationship with his son Archie now following the announcement a lot of people were saying that this reminded them of another book called The Boy on the Bench by Corinne Averis, and she came to Megan's defense actually saying that you know this was there are two different books they're not plagiarized not at all but of course there has to be some drama <laughs>
1: I know it's like there's more than one bench in the world and people were saying that the illustrations were the same they look nothing alike to me and I, I guess the boy on the bench is about a boy who's shy and he's looking from the bench and watching all the little kids play and Megan her book the bench is about her sitting and watching Archie play with his dad so to me those are two very different they both have a bench, but you and I are both sitting on chairs right now. And I'm not like Christina's copying me. Right. So it's just, I don't know. It, I think it's fair play to the author for standing up for Megan.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? I totally agree with you. Yes. There are plenty of benches out there and a lot of people sit on them. So <laughs> a lot of people have different experiences when they sit on them, but yes, that was uh, about a boy, you know, kind of not being able to participate with his friends. And this is a totally different story. It's about her experience with her husband and her son. So two totally different things. Both, I'm sure, are very enjoyable for your children. So pick them both up. Yeah, get them both. There's nothing wrong with more books in the world.
1: It's only a good thing. (laughs) The one thing I did find interesting was that Megan used her title on the front cover. It Mm -hmm. says, By the Duchess of Sussex. I was surprised by that just because she said in the interview that she doesn't care about the pomp and pageant And it's not, titles are not important to her. So I I was a little confused by that part, I I have to admit.
0: Right. No, that is a little confusing. It's like, do you want to be a Duchess? Do you not want to be a Duchess? (laughs) Kind of make up your mind. All Right. right. Well, it is now time to spill the royal tea. And we've got a lot of gossip and rumors to discuss, as always. And despite the recent reunion, We are hearing that tensions are only getting worse between Prince Harry and uh, Prince William. And it's actually coming from a reliable source with uh, Tom Bradby, as we know that he conducted that ITV interview with Meghan uh, way back in the day when she said that she was not okay, and he is friends with Harry. So, yeah, we're hearing that William
1: and Harry's relationship has been slowly deteriorating. Those are the words that he used, which are pretty strong words. Uh, And apparently they're not talking right now. I know,
0: Yeah, it's surprising because we're going to hear a little bit later from Stuart, who has uh, a different take on it that maybe that, you know, they are talking. It seems like, you know, unless we hear it from Harry and William at this point, it's kind of like anybody's guess. It really is. I mean, maybe they are talking, you know, they we did see them together at Prince Philip's funeral and they were having some conversation But I don't know, unless we hear it from them, I really don't know what to believe anymore. (laughs) I know. I mean, the thing is, yeah, I want to believe what I see with
1: my own eyes. And Mm -hmm. what I am not seeing is the two of them putting on a public united front. You know, they Mm -hmm. spoke for a few minutes after their grandfather's funeral. And we haven't, that was the first time we have seen them interact Mm -hmm. in over a year. So if, if it is all a media creation, if it is overblown, I think they could be doing more to sort of right. get these
0: stories to go away. Don't think you so think? Too. I think so too. But maybe that they will do that at Diana's memorial uh, statue unveiling, you know, in a couple months maybe they will put on that united front. Uh, yeah. You know, there, there are some rumors that they're going to do separate speeches and not speak together, which of course will just you know, create more of a media frenzy. But at this point, you know, you, you want to see them kind of put the past behind them, especially when it comes to um, recognizing and honoring their mom. Right. And just the fact that like their
1: kids are all the same age and they aren't Growing up together It just makes Mm. me sad Because like You know We all have Many of us are lucky To have great memories Of our cousins Mm. growing up And it's just sad To think that You know Archie won't have that So yeah We all want to see them Be friends again Just get on a Zoom Like send out (laughs) screenshots From a Zoom Leak them And then we'll all be Done with it And we'll be Stop talking about it That's all we want
0: (laughs) That's all we want Well We're hearing that Prince Charles May actually never Forgive his son After this tell-all interview Which seems a bit harsh it does seem harsh
1: and i i I kind of understand why you'd be so angry because this has sort of this combined with the last season of the crown and the upcoming season of the crown are just tanking so much public goodwill that charles and camilla have fought to bring To to themselves for like over A decade now Mm -hmm. so it does Make sense that he would be very frustrated But yeah I mean for a a parent Not to forgive
0: their child If that's true is it's harsh It's harsh it is it is harsh And you know Harry has obviously been Through a lot they lost their mom and I'm sure he's Like kind of feels in a way he's almost lost His dad too so it's It's got to be really difficult for him to kind of Come to grips with this and you know Kind of feel like an outsider in his own family Speculation who knows if he actually feels like that but you know it's got to be really difficult to watch you know his family move forward while he's kind of like left in the background Yeah, hopefully
1: a new leaf will turn over and they'll all be able to kind of put it behind them. Yeah, totally.
0: All right, well, now it is time to break down the royal rules. And Molly and I are super excited about this conversation that we had with Stuart Pierce, who is Princess Diana's voice and presence coach. Now he shared how he helped find her authentic self in his new book, Diana, the Voice of Change. He talked all about, you know, how Diana was feeling right before her death, you know, the impact that she still has on so many women and why he waited so long to write this book take a look well Stuart, thank you so much again for joining us we're so excited to talk to you all about this your brand new book diana the voice of change what made you after all these years want to write this book
2: because of the the times that we're living in Mm -hmm. where so many of you amazing women are being aroused to find your voices and to speak out about the ignominy, the disappointments, the frustrations, the brutality, the inequity that you've all experienced, um, and also, you know, Diana said to me shortly before she died, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if all of the work that we've done together became a book? But if you do, please don't publish it until after the boys are married. And so with also with all the things that are going on with Harry and Meghan I thought it was really important to step forward and and say okay well their mother was one of the first great voices of change and now Meghan is becoming another great voice of change mm-hmm. and that, um, how how we can support them and how we can support you or you all in this in this uh, endeavor
1: Wow that's fascinating how did you and Diana first become connected
2: I was introduced to her by a patron of mine who was a very successful restaurateur here in the city of London. Um, <clears throat> who knew Diana very, very well, and uh, I remember it coming up once early in Diana's career, and I said, "No, no, 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 no. There's so much. There's so much circus around Diana. I don't see how I can actually really help her." And also, there were people like myself. You know, there were there were coaches, therapists, healers who had been working with her, and then they took their stories to the daily papers. So she was very badly scarred by betrayal, and I just didn't think I could serve that adequately. It wasn't that I wasn't honored I was immensely honored and then when it came back again I was sort of I was sort of um I was set up I think because the person that I was referring to Mara Burney invited me to have lunch at her restaurant which I did quite often and she said there's somebody I want you to meet but she, I said who is it and she wouldn't tell me and then I arrived and guess who I was sitting next to the wonderful, <laughs> these eyes, the, the beautiful eyes, these blue eyes were just astonishing. And she grabbed hold of my arm and said, you will work with me, won't you? I mean, you know, what do you say? No. <laughs> wow. um, and and that, that began a two year um, relationship, which was completely confidential. That was, the, that was the agreement that we came to, that it would be absolutely confidential, that she would always come to my studio, I would never go to Kensington Palace, that she would pay me through cash. If she wanted me, she'd call on, on her cell phone. Um, and so I became a confidant as well as a coach.
0: Did she talk about any specific things in her life that she really wanted to work on, or there were things that were really bothering her? Because obviously, you know, she was in the midst of all this royal drama with the panorama interview. So, you know, what were those specific things that she uh, confided in you about?
2: Well, of course, confided in me (laughs) is an (laughs) apt phrase. Uh, Well, I mean, she was immensely honest, Mm -hmm. and so she, she spoke about everything that was disturbing her. And, uh, you know, my major role was actually to try and find a quality of balance in her life, that this is what she was experiencing, but perhaps there was another perception. This She may feel victimized, but did she really feel that she was a victim or uh, a creature of circumstance? What was extraordinary from the very beginning, from 1981, is that she was really not given a tremendous amount of advice. Mm. It's sort of within the royal family, it's assumed you will either grow through it or you know it. I mean, we saw the same thing with Meghan. She was given very little advice, but being the smart woman that Meghan is, she really made a lot of inquiries. Whereas Diana, I feel that she was so in love with Charles that she thought that he would assist her. And I'm sure he did a tremendous amount, but at the same time, she also felt at, at sea, on occasion, mm-hmm. um, so she disclosed lots and lots and lots of things about the difficulties that she was having, and particularly about her bulimia, which she was by the time that I saw her, she was slowly beginning to uh, really balance herself. And in fact, I don't think she'd had a bulimi bulimic, uh, bulimic um, uh, you know. Uh, Experience, so to speak, for a number of, for a, at least a couple of years when we met. Um, so she was immensely sensitive. You see, this is the point. And as with all sensitives, what's really important in my position is that I allow them to feel what the proportion of their empathy is all about, mm-hmm. and how it, although they may perceive to be trifled, or. Um, assorted in some way, but actually what it was to do with is the fact that the other person just simply didn't know how to approach a, somebody in her, in her position, you know, because she was on one level immensely accessible, and on another level she was also a royal personage and had personal protection officers around her.
1: What was her state of mind before she passed away?
2: She was immensely happy. I mean, she was having a really wonderful time with Dodi, who was uh, probably the most beautiful lover that she had. So she was having a wonderful, wonderful time. She just, she so much enjoyed his joie de vivre, his ease, the flow with which everything took place. So she was in a very good, very good spot. Mm-hmm. And it's looking extraordinary i mean she her radiance was just amazing uh, and it wasn't just because she had a good makeup artist, it was actually to do with what was taking place within her so she was she was really joyous yeah. uh, I think that added to the shock of what happened that day in august nineteen ninety seven which was just uh, so surprising it came out of the blue.
0: I want to go back to the beginning when you said that Diana asked you not to publish this book until after the her sons were married. Why was that?
2: I feel that she wanted them to be stable mm-hmm. in the love that she wanted for them, you know, with a with their chosen bride. Uh, that's that was the the meaning that I put to it, you know that It was to do with a level of maturity that they could begin to then reflect through their wives on the possibility of all of the exercises that I include within the book. Um, They've been through an interesting ride. And of course we know with Harry that it's only quite recently, which has developed their interest in mental health issues Mm -hmm. and this extraordinary project that he's doing with Oprah. But only quite recently has he been able to resolve the huge pain of his mother's passing. That was something that he pushed aside. So she was extraordinarily intuitive. And now I see it in retrospect so much more clearly that she was literally waiting for them to move into that level of emotional resonance themselves, where there was a level of emotional intelligence that they could review her life from and therefore see her not as a weak vessel, but to see her as being the brilliant, sensitive and intensely excavated woman that she was.
0: Definitely an interesting conversation. Make sure everybody go pick up uh, Stewart's book on June 15th. It is a must read and he he was so lovely. Yeah,
1: so interesting. I mean, I just want to hear everything he has to say about Diana. I'm definitely going to check that book out.
0: Totally. All right. Well, before we wrap up, we have to check in on the royal kids. And we had some two big royal birthdays with Princess Charlotte and, of course, baby Archie. And it seems like the two were very well celebrated. Yes, we got some insider details
1: Mm -hmm. from William himself. He was on a visit to Babcock Vehicle Engineering to talk about ventilators and someone asked him about Charlotte and he said she had a lovely birthday. Last year, her birthday was in lockdown, but this year we were able to have one other family over. So, that's nice. She had a little bit of a more normal day this year.
0: Definitely. And uh, Archie celebrated his second birthday and Megan and Harry released a photo. Couldn't really couldn't see his face, but he was holding some balloons and they, uh, you know, shared a special message along with it. And it seemed like he was also well celebrated, something very low key at home. The queen uh, zoomed in to see how he was doing. So that was nice. And we also got some reporting that Megan uh, had a very low key Mother's Day. Harry gave her, you know, a, um, a homemade gift from he and Archie. So it seems like they're settling down and getting ready for baby number two. How exciting.
1: This is going to be the calm before the storm for them, for sure. Seriously,
0: <laughs> yeah. It's going to be it's gonna be a circus in that house, <laughs> but it'll mm-hmm. be a lot of fun. Well, Molly, thank you so much, as always, for running down all things Royals. Thank you, Christina. All right, make sure to keep commenting, keep subscribing. We'll see you guys next week.